1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 3rd, 2020. My name is Phil Rostenreich. I'm the expert and insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can just follow me on Twitter at R underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about some injury news. We're going to talk about some trade news. I'm going to talk about Markel Fultz. Not news, just, just talk about Markel Fultz. We'll get to all that coming up. We'll hear from Markel Fultz, especially from Tuesday's media teleconference. Coming up on today's episode of Locked on Magic, your daily podcast covering the Orlando Magic. But first... Let me remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. There was a little deal in the NBA on, on Wednesday, just a little one. You know, a couple couple players, you know, not a huge deal. You know, John Wall of the Washington Wizards going to the Houston Rockets. Russell Westbrook of the Houston Rockets going to the Washington Wizards. Not a big deal, nothing really to worry about. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more, you can check out Locked On Wizards and Locked On Rockets to get the full story on this minor trade that happened in the NBA on Wednesday. Wednesday, no matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. We're not going to start with the the big trade, but we'll get to that, that, that that's coming in segment two of today's show, um, but the Orlando Magic did have a little bit of news to report, some news that's both worrisome and promising. You know, my voice cracked there, but promising um, for a couple of reasons. I'll explain here in a little bit. But the Orlando Magic um, announced that Alfred Rukuminu underwent a minor arthroscopic surgery procedure to reduce swelling in his knee, the same knee that uh, he's been rehabbing since last January when he underwent surgery to prepare a torn meniscus after a setback when he originally tore his meniscus in December. Steve Clifford said on Tuesday during his media availability that um, Alfred Camino would not be available for full uh, for for all the drills and training camps. So it wasn't a huge surprise to to know that 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 you know, Aminu still had a ways to go or still had some work to do. But to see him needing surgery again after um after so long and after having gone through, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sure the magic have been very, you know a patient with him, but b you know, very, like, thorough with them. I I mean, I think that's one thing we can say about this Magic Medical staff is they are very, very thorough with with their rehab and and making sure guys are ready to go. Um, It is discouraging to hear that more than a year after the original injury, Aminu is still not ready to go. But the good news is, the silver lining to this is the surgery to reduce the swelling, just to kind of clear things up and reduce the swelling, is supposed to clear the way for Aminu to enter the final stage of his rehab. So right now it, you know there's no timetable for his return clifford wouldn't put a timetable on it on tuesday he certainly probably knew that the surgery was was either coming up or it already happened by then um the, the t- there is no timetable for his return but if i had to guess and this is purely a guess this would suggest that aminu will probably miss the beginning of the season but be available at some point during the year now this feels very minor and i'm not going to lie to you it, it it's it's not minor but it is not a huge deal. This isn't like a starter is going to be out for the start of the year like the Boston Celtics with Kemba Walker. It's not anything like that. Alfred Camino figured to slot in as the backup power forward, a veteran forward that the Magic know they can trust, someone who's already proven he understands this team's defensive uh, schemes and can execute it at a very high level. I mean, I, I, Out of all the players that were part of the rotation last year, Al Farouk Aminu had the lowest on-court defensive rating. It was around 100 points per 100 possessions. I mean, the Magic's defense early in the season was incredible. And if you go back and watch the tape, Al Farouk Aminu's defense was incredible, too. Like, it, it I, I, you know, during our player evaluation series back in October, um, I sat down and watched a bunch of clips of Al Farouk Aminu, and his defense was was really good. And I had even forgotten how good his defense is. So I'm I'm a believer that Al Farouk Aminu will be able to jump back in and defend at a high level. Um, of course, I Aminu mean, struggled mightily, offensively. He wasn't a very good offensive player at all. In fact, Oddly wasn't a good offensive player. I mean, you expected him not to be able to hit from the outside. That was something that the Magic knew they signed up for with him. But he averaged only four points per game, which was a career low. Uh, and he was missing, like, bunnies. He was missing easy, close shots. And it was hard to figure out why. You know, maybe it was the knee injury. Maybe he wasn't able to to kind of get the lift that he needed to to get shots in from that close, I don't know, um, but it was odd and it was frustrating because Aminu was doing a lot of good things uh, otherwise and that's why he was still playing despite the offensive struggles um, that certainly permeated to the rest of the team. It's a, impossible to say right now whether that's an anomaly or whether that's a sign that Aminu has started to fall off. But as I've said throughout the course of things, you know the Aminu signing was certainly controversial at the time. Um, It did have some logic behind it. It was understandable, and the symbolism of that Aminu signing is still not lost on anyone, I don't think. Um, Essentially, a starter from Western Conference Finals team elected to be a reserve for a lower-rung Eastern Conference playoff team. So, um, I do think that that's symbolic of something. Aminu does have one more year after this year under contract, so it's not killing the magic per se, especially if, if the magic kind of make the transition that I think everyone's expecting them to make. Um, at some point this season or next season. Um, but certainly it's disappointing because the Magic could use Aminu a lot. Uh, a veteran hand that knows what he's doing certainly would be really, really valuable. But every injury is also an opportunity. And one thing that I think there was, uh, the biggest confusion over the al Aminu signing was that the Magic drafted a guy in Chuma Okiki who essentially played the same position as al Faruq Aminu, as Jonathan Isaac, as Aaron Gordon, a 3-4 probably leaning closer to four than to three, although I think Okiki can play three. Um, This is—the Magic are hurting a little bit for depth at power forward, or or at least certain depth, and that's why the Magic re-signed Gary Clark. Um, I think that was probably the right move to to keep him um, and have him available to help out um, on the power forward position. But, you know, Gary Clark, for as good as he played in the playoffs— you know, he's still a very limited player. Um, you know, you don't want to rely on him too much. And, you know, even last year, you know, I think we would all agree Gary Clark played pretty well. Um, the Magic still didn't play him a lot. He was out of the rotation fairly quickly after the Magic signed him, even though they kept him for the rest of the year. And obviously, he played a big role in the playoffs when the Magic were kind of desperate for, for bodies at that point. Um, the thing is, though, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for Gary Clark. It's an opportunity, more importantly, for Chuba Okiki. You've been saying, you know, there's been a lot of calls among Magic fans to have the team become a little bit younger. And and for them, that means put Okiki in the starting lineup, like really push him to the front and make him a a starting player, play him 30 minutes a game, stuff like that. And that's not quite what's going to happen. But this is an opportunity for Okiki to kind of hit the ground running. If he's able to win that kind of backup power forward job, if the Magic are confident that he can hold that down, then his career really gets off to a strong start. And he gets to go out there and play meaningful minutes uh, for a team that is fighting and playing for something. You know, this is an opportunity that he might have gotten anyway at some point in the season, but now he gets it earlier. Now he gets his feet thrown into the fire. And frankly, whether the Magic are going to be successful or not, is going to depend on whether Okiki can fill in these minutes. whether Again, whether Cole Anthony can fill in these minutes. You know, getting something from these rookies is going to be vital to what the Magic ultimately want to accomplish this season. And we'll get to some of that coming up here um, in just a moment. But Aminu's absence really puts, you know, not a huge hole, not a, not a gigantic hole. It's a hole that the Magic can clearly fill. It's a backup power forward spot, so it's not super difficult. To find ways to fill it, you can up Aaron Gordon's minutes up a little bit. The Magic already have him playing the most minutes per game of any player on the team over the last two seasons. Um, you know he's a guy that Steve Clifford I think trusts a lot to to be able to hold down that spot. And certainly with with without Isaac out there um, now, Gordon's kind of got ownership over the power forward position uh, for the time being. The Magic are, are the Magic are going to have a chance to see what these guys can do, and that's what this is. This is just opportunity. We want Aminu back. We want him back as quickly as possible. I think he could, he would make a huge impact for this team. And it's honestly, like a lot of people tell me, the Magic's defense cratered when Jonathan Isaac went out. And to some extent, yes, it is. The Magic's defense really started to decline when Alfred Aminu went out. The Magic were the top defense in the league before Alfred Aminu's injury. So I, I I am I am an I'm an Aminu fan. I'm a believer that Aminu... Would make a huge impact, and, and hopefully, he'll be able to at some point down the road. But he might get Wally pipped too. It might be Chuma Okiki's job now, at least for the time being. We're going to talk a little bit about that big trade, though. We're going to talk a little bit about what that means for the playoffs, because obviously, everything has an eye on that coming up here in just a moment.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
0: On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll hear from Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier as they're available to the media for the first time this season. So we'll hear from them coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. You can find the full uh, media availabilities, these media teleconferences on orlandomagic.com. The Orlando Magic are making all of these available. So if you miss anything, like Michael Carter-Williams and Dwayne Bacon, on Wednesday. You can check them out on the Orlando Magic's official website. But be sure to tune in tomorrow to Locked on, Mag- Locked on Magic. We'll have complete thoughts on what Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon have to say. So be sure to check that out. But I would be remiss if I didn't at least address the elephant in the room. The the biggest news in the NBA has a secondary effect on the Orlando Magic. Uh, maybe a primary effect on the Orlando Magic. I don't know. The Washington Wizards have acquired Russell Westbrook from the Houston Rockets in exchange for John Wall and a first-round pick. On the surface, this is feels like trading one bad contract for another, as I often tell people. There is no untradable contracts in the NBA. There is always a deal to be made. And for a Washington team that has Bradley Beal and seems very determined to keep him, this is a move that is meant to signal to him to a potential All-NBA player, that we are serious about winning. Granted, now they owe Russell Westbrook, you know, almost $40 million a year for the next three seasons, including this one. But undoubtedly, too, this is star power. There's a reason why we talked about Russell Westbrook. There's a reason why you had to entertain the idea of acquiring Russell Westbrook if you're the Orlando Magic, and that's because he is a star. That is because he is a true superstar. He is someone that changes the way teams defend you and think about you just by his presence. And while some of us agreed, maybe disagreed, with the decision to to, to, to even think about Russell Westbrook, it was something you had to consider. You had to weigh all the pros and cons of acquiring him, of bringing him into the fold. And as we kind of argued with the Magic, bringing him here now... Didn't make a ton of sense. The Magic don't have a similar all-star in John Wall to give up. They're not ready to give up draft capital quite yet. And to acquire him would have required gutting the team. Plus, you'd be a year without Jonathan Isaac and a second year of him fully recovering from the ACL injury, so getting backed up to speed, giving you just one year of Jonathan Isaac, assuming assumedly, the star player you want to pair with Russell Westbrook, to play with Russell Westbrook and convince him to stay. That was probably a risk that was too great to make. For the Washington Wizards, however, they got Bradley Beal wrapped up for a long time, Uh, you know, for for a little while. They, They have no reason not to push in. The Wizards were in a position to make this kind of a deal, whereas the Magic probably were not. We can argue whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or what that means for the Magic moving forward, but what we do know is what it means immediately. If Russell Westbrook is healthy, if he can get through the season, the Wizards have a second all-star caliber player. And that immediately makes them contenders. That immediately makes them a team that is dangerous in the Eastern Conference. Immediately, that makes them a threat to the Magic and their playoff spot as a non-playoff team. The Magic finished last season seven games better than the Washington Wizards in the, the standings. Will Russell Westbrook make up all seven of those games? Probably not. But a healthy Bradley Beal will certainly help get, get them along the way. And at this point, it's safe to assume the Washington Wizards are a team that is in the hunt for the eighth, eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. I know we are arguing about small potatoes. I know we are talking about small, short-term goals or kind of low-level goals, but these are goals nonetheless. As I've told some people on Twitter... The time to make the big move is probably done for this Magic team. And while it is fair and warranted to be very disappointed that the Magic did not make the moves that we all anticipated they would make, moves that would point toward their future, the bottom line is now the Magic's task is to get the most out of the group they have, to get the most out of the team they are. And that's what they've got to do. And as I've said before, over and over and over again, the Magic's goal is to make the playoffs. Bar none. You know, nothing else matters. Make the playoffs. Make the playoffs. And I'm not talking about the play-in tournament, I'm talking about the playoffs. Obviously, the play-in tournament will give them a little more wiggle room. But this race is getting pretty crowded already. If we assume that there are six shoe-in teams for the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors, the Miami Heat, and the Brooklyn Nets. Those final two spots, those seven and eight seeds that go into the play-in tournament are up for grabs, but likely one goes to the Pacers. And then that eight seed is probably Atlanta, Orlando, Washington, Charlotte, Chicago. Now, I look at this and... I do think that Atlanta's probably going to pass Orlando. I, I'm expecting Orlando to make a step back this year. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I, I think that this team can make the playoffs. I think this team can uh, you know, surprise a lot of people this year. I think the Magic are a team capable of doing all that. But on balance, I, I do expect the Magic to take a small step back this year. I, I expect them to be around that 33-32 win mark like they were last year uh, and kind of, again, bump up against the ceiling that, that we've all felt this team has hit. That does leave the door open and I think Atlanta walks through it. I think Washington now probably walks through it. And I think we're probably looking at Orlando being the 9 or 10 seed at the end of the day. Enough to get them in the play in tournament. Enough to get them playing meaningful games at the end of the season. But probably not enough to get them to accomplish the big goal that they have. Of making the playoffs and being a playoff team for a third straight year. And that's what this deal means. That's what this means for the Magic. The Wizards are tougher competition. But while I did just spend six and a half minutes talking about this trade and, and, and really thinking about this trade and what it means for the larger Eastern Conference playoff picture, the bottom line is this. The Magic only should worry about themselves. The Magic should only be thinking about what they need to do themselves. Because guess what? They are capable of winning. They are capable of achieving these goals. They are capable of getting it done. And that's what the Magic need to be focused on. Everything else will take care of itself. Like, and all those teams have flaws, just like the Magic have flaws. The Magic lack the star. Washington has a star, and, and they've got a good player in davis Bertans as well, but their depth is really hurting. If one of those guys gets hurt, they are in trouble. They're back to kind of where they were. That's why they're probably not a bit more than a 7 or 8 seed, if that. You know, Atlanta. Atlanta added a lot of pieces. A lot of different pieces. Not a lot of great defenders I mean Clint Capella will be there as a nice backstop but that Hawks team could still give up a lot of points if they're not careful. Charlotte obviously has a long way to go too they've got some nice pieces but depth issues as well and uh, Chicago you know certainly with a coach like Billy Donovan they should be able to take a little bit of a step forward but they have some major questions about how their offense functions too is Zach Levine really the guy to build around I know a lot of magic fans have had their eyes on him but I think, I, I think there's some evidence that Zach Levine may not be kind of the star a lot of people think he might be. The bottom line is this. The Magic are in this hunt. And hey, to give up now to say the Magic should pack it in and, and say we're not making the playoffs, that's not worth it because the Magic are in this hunt. They are one of the 10 best teams in the Eastern Conference. That gives them a shot at making the field. That's what matters. It's small. It's not the end goal. It's not something to get super excited about. But that's the season that's in front of the Orlando Magic right now. And right now the goal is to get the most out of this team. To maximize this team. And the Magic, you know, honestly, control their own destiny. They can do it. They should be expected to do it. And we'll see if they can do it. A big piece of that puzzle will be the Magic's fourth-year point guard playing his second full season in the NBA. Mark Fultz has been silencing doubters his entire career. We'll hear what he has to say. About this coming season, coming up here in just a moment.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollinger joins Dunked On Podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today. Wherever you get podcasts. Throughout the course of the offseason, there, there was an interesting uh, bit of analysis that I noticed throughout. Um, especially when it came to the draft. A lot of people, a lot of draft analysts, thought the Magic would take a point guard. Which, which even I thought so. Because the Magic, I thought, needed a backup point guard. They, they, didn't, they needed some depth there. And, and this is a point guard heavy draft. And you take the best player on the, on the board. And if that's a point guard, that's a point guard. You'll find use for him. You'll find a way to make it work. But a lot of the reasoning that I saw for why the Magic could take a point guard in the NBA draft was a pretty simple and, frankly, a pretty common one. I'm not sure Markel Fultz is the answer point guard. I'm not sure Markel Fultz is a starting point guard in this league. Had a nice season, but is he really the future for the Orlando Magic? And... You know, maybe that is a fair question. He's still a relatively young player. The Magic do have a financial decision to make on him. But to me, that is probably coming from someone that looked at his stat line and said, okay, those are nice numbers, but there's still something missing there. And didn't actually watch him play through the course of the season. Didn't watch him improve. Didn't watch him gain confidence. Didn't watch him do all the things that you expect young players to do. Believe it or not, there is still a lot of doubt about Markel Fultz. There's one thing that's been consistent about Markel Fultz's basketball life. Not just his career in the NBA, but his basketball life. It has been this doubt. It has been this question about his ability. And this question about whether he can live up to his potential or live up to expectations people put around him. But here's the thing. Most of Markel Fultz's basketball career, he has spent crushing those doubts. And So with one good year under his belt and the question of whether he can do it again or reclaim being the top pick of his draft class, and not just just a top pick because he's a top pick, but the runaway considered to be the top pick in that draft, Markel Voltz is going to have to prove everyone wrong again.
2: It's actually like my whole life, you know, it's even before I got to the NBA, just growing up, you know, I wasn't the most ranked, you know, kid coming up. I wasn't uh, the most highly scouted kid, but you know, one thing that I always had was a work ethic and I worked extremely hard. Um, I'm always going to be coachable and I'm always going to put myself in the best position, you know, to be the best player on the floor and um, help my team win. That's the most important thing. And um, I'm really comfortable at this stage. You know, I actually like being doubted. I like people not thinking I can do something. And I just love proving people wrong. But more so, it's just a, a thing that I have within myself, of just coming in every day, working as hard as I can, and using, you know, the gifts that God gave me um, and just, you know, putting hard work with it and just going as far as I want to go. I think uh, my destiny is as far as I want to take it.
0: That's still a very confident Markel Fultz. Uh, Markel Fultz still believes so much is still in front of him. And he had a fantastic season last year. Yes, he only averaged about 12 points per game. It was up around six assists per game as well. Field goal percentage was, you know, good for where he was at, but certainly still could use a lot of improvement shot, less than 30% from beyond the arc. There's still a lot for Markel Fultz to work on. And yeah, there are legitimate questions about whether he can truly reach that pinnacle. It's one of the good things about coming to Orlando is he no longer had those first overall pick expectations, but he quickly established himself as the starting point guard on the scene. By Game 5, Fultz was in the starting lineup. He gained a lot of trust, and as the Magic season developed, he gained a lot more responsibility too. The Magic slowly trusted him. It was very, very slow. There's no doubt about that. But they clearly believed that he can be their guy. He can be their point guard for the future. Fultz has a lot of work to do. But the big task last year, and what many of us considered essentially his rookie year, was to put his shoulder issues behind him. To put the thoracic outlet syndrome and what kept him from playing to this point in his career behind him. Having played in 72 of the Magic's 73 regular season games last year, it's pretty safe to say... Or 74, 73 of the 74 games this season. Um, it's pretty safe to say that Fultz did that. Fultz actually said that was the thing that he was proudest of, that he was able to play the entire season without any injury issues. The one game he missed was because of a stomach stomach bug, uh, an illness, not because of his shoulder. And while he's still doing things to maintain and kind of make sure his shoulder uh, and, and that injury, you know, it's something he's going to manage for the rest of his career, um, is okay, this was really the first summer that, that Fultz could work on his game. That Fultz could devote a full summer or full offseason, I should say, to basketball, to skill development, to getting better. Something that Jeff Weltman said at the end of the season that hopefully we're done talking about Fultz in terms of his injury. And instead, we're talking about Fultz in terms of his basketball skill. That's where we're at. That's what we're that's what we're here doing. And that's where Fultz is too
2: just from the beginning of the last season to the end of it, you know, I think it was all with just getting back comfortable being on the floor and getting used to having that experience of being on the floor. That was like really my first year, you know, actually being able to play a full season. So um it was so much fun, you know, just to be able to grow and learn from my mistakes. And now I'm at a place where, you know, I feel like I can just keep growing. I don't think I have a ceiling to answer your second question. I think my ceiling is again excuse me, as high as as high as I wanted to be, you know, I believe that um, that's one of the great things that I feel about myself is that um, I feel as though I'm very talented, but I have a lot to to work on, and a lot to improve. And that's what makes me, you know, wake up every morning so excited to just come in the gym and try to figure out, you know, what's next and sharpen, you know, the next tool in my game. So um, I'm always looking to improve. And I think this season, you're going to see a lot of that just you know, better playmaking, better you know decisions on the defensive end, and, and just helping my team win even more. You know, being more of a leader with the more experience I get.
0: Fultz said this offseason he spent a lot of time focused on his shooting. He became one of the best mid, one uh, very not maybe one of the best, but a very good and efficient mid-range jump shooter, especially off the dribble. Fultz really when he when he got confident, especially around February, uh, and really turned a corner. Um, he was pl- he was able to hit shots very very comfortably. He wasn't a great three-point shooter yet. But he was able to hit shots, and Fultz said he spent a lot of his time working on kind of pull-up three-pointers, kind of working on extending that range back out, getting comfortable with his shot from beyond the arc, as well as just continuing to get better as a shooter in general. This is all to say, if Fultz is able to take that leap, he will reclaim at least part of what made him the top overall pick. He will be, he will you know be a huge boost, and frankly, for a Magic team that hasn't had a lot of changes one of the major changes they could see is a Markel Fultz that takes the so-called sophomore leap. Most, most people say that most players make the biggest leap in their games between their first and second years in the league. And while Markel Fultz had two years where he played a little bit before the before he came to Orlando, last year was his first full season in the NBA. This was his first healthy offseason. There's definitely the potential for Markel Fultz to make a sizable leap. And that, of course, changes changes the outcome for the Orlando Magic, makes them an infinitely better team, and as we said, in a more competitive Eastern Conference, gives them a real chance to, to not just make the playoffs, but climb the ladder a little bit. Whether Markel Fultz is able to make that big step forward is going to be one of the big and key questions facing the Orlando Magic this season. And everyone who's doubted Markel Fultz, keep doubting because Marco Foltz is ready to prove you wrong. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. you your tune in Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, and the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore omd And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We'll hear from Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.